Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, Golden Eagle fans, listen across the state of Mississippi. It's the Eagle Hour, and it is a Thursday, one day from Southern Miss taking on Middle Tennessee over the weekend. Not good last night. We'll kind of break that one down and uh, going to have a good show for you today. Patrick McGee uh, moving from his regular scheduled Wednesday. He'll be joining a second segment and then talking a little e-gaming from Southern Miss. Big stuff coming out of the e-gaming community on the campus of Southern Miss. And we'll be talking uh, with those Eagles coming up a little later in the show. Bob out today. So Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Brandon producing for us in Hattiesburg. First segment brought to you by Dickie's Bar. Barbecue. Every day is a good day to get something to Dickie's. Some of the best barbecue in the world. Great meat smoked every single day. They can also cater your next event. So Dickie's Barbecue, as we hit the summer, be thinking of Dickie's. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. Well, the way that we're going to begin Eagle Hour today, it is uh, the morning after. And Kelly on air yesterday at D1 Training talked about how it was the revenge of the 5th yesterday after May the 4th. And, uh, I just want to tell you that it is it is the morning after the five two Luke Johnson forty time at, at D one training yesterday. Great time, great with him. Uh, but Kelly Sander, I am feeling it. Not just this morning. I felt it at lunch, and now on the Eagle Hour, I am still feeling it. The old gray mare just ain't what he used to be. <laughs> ain't what he used to be. <laughs> so are you, do you still have the ice on your quad, or what? What's going on? Are, are you standing now, or are you still in a prone position this morning? I'm 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 sitting, but yeah. So <laughs> yesterday I, I got back, and uh, you know I got back to the house later. I didn't I didn't do my normal run yesterday, and I was like, uh, yeah. I, and I was feeling chipper, you know. I called a couple buddies, and of course everybody that heard about the five. 240 was shocked beyond belief. Actually, um, I, nobody really believed that I was going to break six, including myself. So when I got back home, you know, I, and I started walking up the stairs at the house, I was like, something's jacked up with my knee. What is going on? And so then last night, I wake up about 2.30, and I know this feeling because I've had ACL reconstruction on my left leg when I was uh, at Southern Miss, and uh, don't ask me how a punter does it, but in the spring game I tore my MCL. So I remember when, when knees swell, and I've, I've had you know surgery on, on a knee, and I got that warm feeling, Kelly, when, when the leg starts to uh, – when, when, you know, when, you, when you have swelling – so, man, I'm wide awake at 3 o'clock this morning reading about, like, torn PCL and a torn meniscus, and I'm like, oh, here goes my summer, and oh, this is terrible, and, and so just worst-case scenarios going through my mind. Because I don't know if I said this yesterday because I think I was out of breath. I had a little pop, a little little tingle in that first one, and then I was a stupid idiot and ran the second one. So, anyway, we got it checked out this morning. Happy to report it is a very, very low hamstring pull. That's why my knee is swollen up. 
ligaments are good, meniscus is good, Kelly Sander, and in a week I'll should be back to normal. But I will never, I'm going to retire on my 5-240. I think that's probably wise, Luke. And for the record, uh, listeners, uh, when Luke got the bill from the doctor's office, he felt that tingling again. <laughs> <laughs> because that stuff isn't cheap to get it to get it all you know figured out. But we're glad you're you're in one piece. And uh, the Eagles have got to regroup now, Luke. After uh, after the Southeastern Louisiana Lions come to town, the second place finishers in the Southland Conference, really good baseball team whose record was nearly equal to that of uh, Southern Miss, coached by Matt Reiser out of uh, Picayune. The Lions are a good baseball team and and came in here and and took one last night from the Eagles. You just scratch your head. You come off a three and one weekend, and the Eagles lay another egg in the midweek. We're one in five this year. Of course, three of those losses are to uh, South Alabama, Southeastern. We talked about it. they were a top sixty uh, RPI team, fifty nine going into this game, and uh, Eagles went Johnny Holstaff, and and I really thought you know watching how Waldrop uh, did to uh, to to lead it off. Was that, maybe no, it was Wee Hunt that that leaded it off, and man, he had a he had his breaking ball working. He was hitting ninety four, ninety five, looked really good, and then we take him out after an inning, and and it felt like they should have kept him in a little bit. Eagles got in trouble in the third. Matt Adams gave up three runs, walked some guys, and and they so they put three across. And Eagles kind of do what they've done all year, Kelly. They they got back in the game in the bottom of the fifth. They were trailing four to nothing. Montenegro hits a shot down the right field line and and gets back in the game. Uh, second home run of the year for Gabe, and then Ock gave up a solo blast in, in the top of the ninth. But really, the story of the game on a Johnny Holstaff side from southeastern Louisiana because the Lions last night they threw seven pitchers. Eagles got three hits. Count them three hits. They left only four on base, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But, yeah, Kelly, I mean, what, what's the approach midweek after you play so many games over the weekend that might cause this? Boy, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Um, you know, going in, as much as, as much as everybody kind of beats that dead horse that the Eagles just haven't been able to win a midweek game, you know, the, the guys are, are human beings, too. And they are certainly acutely aware that they have not been too successful during midweek. And, again, don't discount – the caliber of the teams that they've been playing, you know, midweek. But when the Eagles have struggled this year, they've never struggled with pitching. It's been inconsistency at the plate, although they have been more consistent lately. And as well as this team has performed, let me ask you a question. Has And, and we'd have to look at the statistics and, and really uh, peel them back and look at them. But has Will McGillis ever had a slump like he's in now? Will McGillis is just, I mean, gosh, this is really rough. Um, and take so you take a player like him who's been a key player in the past struggling at the plate but yet the Eagles are still winning a large majority of their games so on the plus side you have to look at that yeah McGillis over three last night he did score a run I believe on the uh, yeah it was on the home run by Montenegro but he's hitting 186 he's really the, he's the only starter that's that's sub 200 Christopher Sargent I think teams have figured out now that that he struggles on the breaking pitch and and uh, but we kind of saw some of the same stuff. Eagles had a chance, no outs, men on second and third, and what do they do? They uh, they they don't get anybody to cross cross the plate. I, I did some little research uh, this morning on a couple fronts because I've been curious about a few things. And last night, Eagles only got runs off a home run. Kelly, I, I did some research. Eagles have scored two hundred fifty three runs on the year. 94 of those have come on home runs. So 37% of their runs have come off the long ball. 
before I get to the other stat, your take on that? I think that's what uh, I think that's what sells tickets these days is is the home run hitters. The problem with home run hitters, and we're not picking on anybody specifically. This is home run hitters in general. If they don't hit a home run, what do they usually do? They strike out. Walker strike out. Yeah, yep. yeah, one of the two. And and you know you're hoping for that home run. So you know, and there's more. There's many, many ways to build a winning team, and obviously Scott Barry's done a good job of it over the years. I, I, if I were a college guy, and again, I've never coached a college game in my life, but I like those singles and doubles hitters. Um, I don't necessarily want the home run guy because as a as a opposing team, I can take the bat out of the home run hitter's hand by throwing four straight pitches, right, and put him on, putting him on. But that if but if you have singles and doubles hitters all the way up and down the line, I can move people, you know, with hit and runs. I can. There's just so many different ways to score runs when you have the punch and Judy singles and doubles guys rather than those home run hitters. Now the home run hitters, the kids love the home runs. The home run hitter is always the first guy to get the you know get the autograph and so on and so forth, but too many strikeouts with home run hitters for my book, um, and that's 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 just the way it is. Again, they've been very successful the way they've doing it. I I, I just would do it a different way myself. Yeah, and and the, the other statistic that that I, I looked up was how many ball I mean how many runners the Eagles have left on base. They left four last night, but. Eagles have in their 44 games, they're leaving an average, just an average, 7.6 runners on base a game. In their losses, they're they're leaving 7.9, so right at eight. So obviously, a little leaving a little more. But you know, you you think about that, and you would look at this team with, with that uh, the percentage I threw out, 37 percent of all runs are home runs, and you would say, okay, they're not playing small ball. But Kelly, to your point. They are, in some sense, getting people on base, so there is a small ball element of that. They just can't get the, uh, the the right hit at the right time to plate these runners. Eight a game they're leaving on base. Yeah, there's 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 batting for average and then batting with runners in scoring position. Uh, two completely different statistics. Uh, so they they don't they aren't getting the, the key hits uh, at the right time. And really, the the seven on base is is not a is not a gross number. I mean, it's not really really high. It might be a little bit on the high side, but it's not. It's not anything. It's kind of blood. It's kind of like your blood pressure. It's normal, but it's shading toward the high side. So I'm not panicked by by that number. Um, but usually, again, with the home runs come the strikeouts. And Southern Miss has spent a lot of money, figuratively and literally, on pitchers. They've they've have they've you know they've got some great pitchers. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure looking at their recruiting board, some sticks are up there that are slowly moving maybe yeah. to the higher of the list. Yeah. Montenegro last night, one for four. He had one of the hits. Fisher, one for four. And Lynch had the other hit. Hey, we're going to step away. Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald will get his take on southeastern Louisiana and then look forward to Middle Tennessee coming up tomorrow and this weekend from the Pete. Eagle Hour continues. Don't go anywhere. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on a sunny Thursday in South Mississippi. Luke Johnson, 
from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel, Kelly and Brandon in Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studios. Bob out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be down at Ramey Motors in Purvis. Everybody's man card is accepted down there. If you're in the area, come by. Give us a fist bump. And we'd love to see you down at Ramey Motors tomorrow. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg or online. You can shop 24-7, campusbookmark.net, the place to go. Everybody needs a a, a new hat, uh, man, even a baseball jersey, even if it's uh, it's late in the season, last home series tomorrow coming in, uh, Middle Tennessee coming in, opportunity to cheer on the Eagles, go get you some swag on Hardy Street at Campus Bookmark. Mart. Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald joins us on this Thursday. We're going to talk a little, a little more baseball. Patrick, I want to throw out uh, three statistics to you um, and, and just kind of get maybe the one that concerns you the most, and I'll repeat these to you uh, if you need me to. Eagles so far on the season are getting 37% of their runs from home runs they are batting 161 midweek, and they're averaging leaving 7.7 runners uh, a game on base. Which one of those concerns you the most heading down the stretch in the season? Uh, you know, it, the midweek deal is weird, that, but that doesn't always indicate how a team would do in the postseason. I guess, but I guess it would be the 7.7 uh, runners left on base per game. Uh, that's the one. Uh, I mean, they got three hits, three runs last night against Southeastern in midweek play, and that's just really – I know Scott Berry's got to be extremely frustrated that his guys haven't been able to hit midweek pitching all that well all season. And, you know, and part of that is, you know, everybody's got deeper pitching staffs this year, a lot of guys back. But still, I mean, if you're going to hit the baseball, that's when you're supposed to hit it. Those midweek games are supposed right. to be kind of a little bit ugly and everybody scores runs. So – uh, the hitting has been really inconsistent all season. Uh, you know, it's the, the pitching has been very good, but it's just not going to dominate night in, night out. So uh, once you get to the postseason, you got to bring guys in. And if you're leaving eight guys on base every game of it, that's going to catch up with you pretty quick. Yeah. Eagles 29 and 15 now. They dropped to 23rd in, in our 22nd, Warren Nolan, the 23rd in D1 baseball. Patrick, you know, I feel like the, the four weekend, four game weekend series kind of helps the Eagles because they've, they, when they, if they go to a regional, when they go to a regional, they've kind of navigated through that the second half of the season. At the same token, we've seen them come out and play awesome and then lay an egg. And I guess going into regional season, that kind of scares you as well. Yeah, they're not really kind of, you know, if, if you're Scott Barry, you hope you kind of have a new peak coming your way. You hope you didn't peak too early. Uh, played pretty well off and on. Haven't really pieced together. I mean, there's been times we've seen Southern Miss win 10, 11, 12 games in a row. That really hasn't happened this season. Uh, so if you're Southern Miss, you're hoping that big, that big win streak starts around the corner. Uh, so it's uh, it it, it it's got to come together really in all facets. Whether it's you know hitting the baseball, with defense, pitching, all the bases. They got to do everything well at this point because there's a bunch of good baseball teams out there this year. Just in Conference USA, uh, you know, uh, if there was, a, you know, if there were, if they were looking at which teams deserve the host, you'd probably be Louisiana Tech, then Charlotte, then Old Dominion, then Southern Miss. That tells you how deep Conference USA is this season, and they can't take Middle Tennessee for granted uh, this year. So uh, Southern Miss has really got to find that that recipe pretty quickly at the plate, or it's going to be a 
uh, you know, you go into the conference tournament, you know, hoping that you play well and maintain that kind of two seat. You can't really afford to trip up right now against Middle Tennessee. Uh, then you have that little gap in the conference tournament. I know they'll play a couple of games, I think FIU or something. Uh, but, you know, it, now's a good time to get it all figured out. But you guys, it's, it's one game. It's one game they lost <laughs> to against a pretty good team. I mean, premature panic button here. I think. Well, they, no, they've lost all the games in midweek, all but what, you know, one game. Yes, but I mean, but I mean, the last couple of weekends to games that have really counted, they've performed well. And I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I mean, I just, I don't think it's time yeah. to push the panic button for heaven's sake. No, sakes. I mean, but if if you go, come in and you look at it, the standard for Southern Miss was the host this year. They had a team that was capable of doing that. Uh, you lose game one to Rice in the series that you really needed to sweep. Uh, you have a chance to win that series at Louisiana Tech, and you just uh, give it up there on the very last pitch. I mean, it's just things haven't bounced their way at times. They're oh so close to being in position to host, and, and winning a lot of these midweek games would have really helped that case against a team like South Alabama. You lost to them three times. Uh, they've just been really snake bit in the midweek other than maybe that Alabama game. Uh, so it's it's there's a, you know, what we're looking at is the big picture, and if if they can't consistently play well against teams like Southeastern, uh, you're in danger of losing to a three seed uh, in the first on the first day of a regional, or losing say game one of the conference USA tournament, which I don't think will happen. Southern Miss to get the pitching and get through that, but it's just it's got to it's got to get better for Southern Miss if they're going to you know hope for a postseason line. Well, I just I just think it's kind of you know like Rodney Dangerfield. You say what a crowd! What this is a tough crowd, <laughs> you know, to make everybody happy. And you got all those uh, what do you call them, Luke? Keyboard warriors out there saying uh, yeah. The, the the keyboard warrior today on on the Eagle Post, where all ignorance goes to live and dwell. Uh, <laughs> wanted Pete wanted wanted Scott Berry getting fired. I mean, really. Like, like, how just how disconnected from reality are you to 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 make that question? Sorry, and, Kelly. And no, no. And if you're and if you're going to go go based on that, shouldn't Will Hall be fired? He has not won a single game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's stupid oh. to talk about firing Scott. I mean, it's always dumb. I mean, people overreact to midweek games. Yeah, you're, it's a, this is a particularly frustrating frustrating season in terms of midweek because they just haven't won those games. And you don't get that many opportunities, but uh, just Eagle Post. I mean, there's there was so much garbage put out there during the coaching search last year. I mean, nobody had a clue what was going on. But yeah, Eagle. You know, just don't listen to those people. All right. So I want to ask you further about that, Patrick. Since we've opened up the social media stuff, how has the emergence of social media changed the way that you have done your job, if at all? Uh, well, it's not supposed to change how I do my job at all, and, and it, it has only to an extent. I think the biggest thing is there's just so much information out there. Uh, if anything, I think it's hurting, hurting the message boards these days just because there's so much, uh, you know, everybody felt like they were part of the club on, you know, the rival sites, the scout sites. Uh, now they can go on Twitter or Facebook, and they can kind of have that discussion. Uh, and, you know, every time a kid commits, you know, it's on Twitter. So it's it's there's just so much information out there, and yet it's it's tough to navigate and try to find out and write stuff that really kind of people want to read about, want to engage and pay subscriptions for. So it's 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 difficult, but I mean it it doesn't really change the big picture of how I do my job. But but if you had a percentage, if you had to put a percentage on the things that you saw on social media that were actually true, what percentage would you lay it on? Oh, pretty small. I mean, you know, it's. 
you know, it's there's just you know you, you take it for what it is. You try to confirm just like you would any other thing. And, and but I mean, sites like Eagle or Facebook pages like Eagle Post. I mean, there's like very little you know reliable information on that site. Yeah, yeah. I w- yeah go well, ahead. Go ahead, Luke. I was uh, I, just uh, going to say uh, that's got to be tough. You know, sorting through what's what's real and what's not. Proverbs says that a fool gives full vent to his spirits. I don't want to be a fool, so I will not mention Eagle Post again. Patrick, a couple minutes left. Uh, Matt Warner last night for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Two bombs, six RBIs, already had a double in his first at bat earlier in the week. It's kind of what the Twins expected to see out of him, taking a little longer, and, and uh, but good to see Warner break out last night. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty obvious. He's he's about to be at the double A level, or maybe a mid season deal. They might move him up to double A. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting deal where last season was basically a wash. So, what's frustrating for me is if he was, you know, Walner's next step is double A, and last year that was Pensacola, would have been Pensacola. Now the the double A franchise for the the Twins has moved elsewhere. It's not even in the Southern League anymore. I can't. I, I think it's in Texas or something. I don't know, but. We would have been able to see a lot of Matt Walner and Biloxi, but unfortunately, he'll be somewhere else. Yeah, and and uh, Kurt McCarty had a good appearance uh, earlier in the week. J.C. Keys came out. I mean, that that list now is pretty short. I think it's like seven guys. Yeah. And you, uh, Chucky Robinson, Cody Carroll, and and some of those guys. That kind of surprised you, Patrick, that as good as Southern Miss has been the last ten years, only six or seven guys still in the minors. Well, I think it's a result of the the shrinking of the minors and how many of the lower. Uh, uh, Teams, the rookie leagues, uh, you know, the A balls. A lot of those teams just went away. Uh, there's, there's a. I think we'll, that's probably going to be happening in the future, even more in the next ten years. You'll see the minor leagues got just a little bit too big, and uh, there's just not as many opportunities out there to play professional baseball in affiliation with a major league team anymore. Not as many. So it's, uh, you know, if you get the opportunity, if you're Chucky Robinson or Kirk McCarty. Uh, to come back off a, a season when there was no baseball, it's just great to still be playing baseball. But it's frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of guys that just aren't as many opportunities out there as, as there used to be. All right, real quick, uh, prediction for this weekend, Eagles will win how many games? Uh, I'll put it at three if trend holds. Uh, it's certainly a series that they could potentially sweep. But I think they've been three fairly. All right, Patrick, thanks for your time, man. Have a great weekend. All right, y'all too. Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Hey, we're doing e-gaming on the Eagle Hour coming up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. You're going to learn something. I will, too. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, one of my favorite places to hang out. It's right in the shadow of the Rock M.M. Roberts Stadium across the 49 Bridge on 4th Street. Uh, always have a conference USA TV going on there. With, uh, In fact, the game last night, Southeastern Louisiana and Southern Miss was on. Uh, all the great Southern Miss stuff hanging on the walls. They've got trivia going on occasionally. Great place to shoot pool. Just hang out with friends and have a good time. It is the pre-gaming spot, 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch 
lunch tomorrow, it's Catfish Friday. So swing by and enjoy everything at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Southern Miss fans always are on board when there are teams wearing Southern Miss colors that are doing things at the national level. And believe it or not, there are such teams. And you're thinking, okay, football's not playing. Baseball's current. We know what's going on with them. The basketball season's over. I am talking about two e-gaming teams. And for those of you who aren't hip like me, e-gaming is electronic games. Yes, video games has come to college athletics And Southern Miss has two of the best teams in the country at two particular formats. We're going to talk about that now with Dr. Denny Buberg. He's in his fourth year at Southern Miss. Uh, Came over from to Hattiesburg from Austin, Texas, where he was uh, at UT. Right now he's the vice president of student affairs. And the coach. Yes, there's an e-gaming coach, ladies and gentlemen, at Southern Miss. He's a graduate of Pearl River Central High School. Jonathan Haig is a student at Southern Miss, but also the coach we welcome you guys. Good to have you here. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Hey, Denny, and, and we, when we talked prior to the show, everybody kind of snickers when you say that, that eSports is, oh, a, absolutely. is a big sport. Absolutely. How do you react to that? Well, it doesn't surprise me uh, because I'm from that Generation X that started out on Atari, first generation Nintendo, that sort of thing. But right now, us sitting here talking... There's about 450 colleges around the country that have some level of esports programming, and that's everything from campus tournaments to full-on scholarship, full varsity teams, and everything in between. Uh, it has been around for about three years, and it's just really exploding on the college scene. So now, just as bass fishing came around about five years ago, and people were saying, that's the sport for me, now esports, and I would imagine where the pandemic has been obviously awful in many senses for this country, I would imagine the pandemic helped e-gaming explode. It it did, actually. Uh, The electronic sports community was one of maybe a handful of activities or endeavors on the collegiate landscape that was actually able to persevere uh, and for the most part stay active over the course of uh, the time out due to the pandemic. Our guys and, and young women were one example uh, a lot of their tournament play can be remote. And so we were able to enter some of our first tournaments uh, last spring in the middle of the pandemic uh, and actually placed very well. Our teams all placed in the top five of their respective games that competed. So, Dr. Denny Bubrig, one of the things that, that other athletes look at is facilities. Oh, they got a great field house. This stadium is great. Actually, there are plans in the work and developing as we speak something called the Arena in the union at Southern Miss, which will kind of be the, the home, so to speak, for the esports teams. Well, we do have renderings for a esports community space and an esports competitive arena space. It will be multidisciplinary and multifaceted once we're able to get it going. Without getting too knee deep in the weeds, uh, we're doing a lot of the preliminary work right now before actually being able to bust walls out and, and things of that nature. And so that's that's kind of where we are, uh, working our way through those preliminary steps, and hopefully sometime in the very near future we'll be able to uh, actually have some folks in there getting some walls up. Now, now Jonathan Haig, there are, we talked about a couple of the teams at Southern Miss that are doing very well at the national level. Fill in some blanks for us. So right now we have two teams that went to uh, the postseason. That was the Overwatch team, which is just a 5v5 game mode with multiple maps, and you just basically head-on fight each other until one team gives and uh, Rocket League, which is better or less soccer with cars. Okay, so, so it's, they're obviously both video games. And there is a league 
that the Southern Miss teams are in. Tell us about the league. Uh, right now we're in, uh, what's it's, it? It's the National uh, Esports Collegiate Conference. It's a conglomeration of about 90 schools right now. So the uh, NECAA or what? NECC. NECC. And we're also part of NACE, the National Association of Collegiate Esports. And there, and there is a national tournament, and two of those formats you talked about have, have made it to the national uh, finals. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't make it to the finals. They, made, they both made it to the postseason. Uh, Rocket League to get knocked out in the first game of the postseason and uh, Overwatch to the third game into the semifinals. So as a student from Pearl River Central, how do you wind up being the coach now of the eSports team at Southern Miss? Teams, I should say. I'm going to tell you, I honestly walked into the Union one day and saw this brand new club I hadn't seen before sitting right there between the hallway that leads from the FAD to the Union. And it drew my interest. I signed a piece of paper. They had a meeting day for tryouts. I was like, I think I'm good enough at the game to try out. And then they were talking about, does anyone here have experience replay or reviewing replays and helping people get better? I'm like, kind of stood up and like, I have experience doing that. And they're like, come on. We, they start signing, like they started the signing process, basically like just finding out something at the ground level and they need people. And overall, it's just been a great experience. So far. And just like any other quote unquote sport, there is a recruiting process. Where do you find, because I would think everybody these days, Denny Bubrig plays Esports. Well, there is. There's a lot more than you would realize. Uh, as a result of the memberships that I mentioned to you earlier, uh, we have been uh, active in combine events, so one in Indiana, one down here in the southeast. Uh, we have uh, recruit databases uh, that we pull, pull names from. And then, uh, actually, students are starting to reach out to us. Uh, I've been on the phone with potential students for Southern and Southern Esports. From Oregon, from Nebraska, from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, we're attracting attention from all over the country. So, and some schools now uh, across the country are, as you mentioned briefly, but but let's talk some more about that. Are actually scholarshiping some e players? Yes, that is correct, and it varies based on institution to institution. Some have uh, parcels, some have just player scholarships, and then others have full rides, very similar to what you would see from the traditional sports. So w- the different formats that Jonathan was talking about, I kind of joked off the air of, well, I could maybe compete in Tiger Woods. That's about the only game that I know. But there are actually incorporating other sports. There are some formats that you could play sports. I think FIFA was one of them, the soccer, um, right? FIFA, FIFA NBA, NBA Madden. 2K, Madden, uh, there's a litany of about 20 games-ish right now that are actually actively competitive on the collegiate landscape. Now, I would, wonder, I would think that, uh, that there would be patent, patent issues and copyright issues and, and things like this when you're dealing with uh, somebody else's software. How does all, all that work or, or incorporate? Well, it's a, it's a licensing uh, setup. Uh, each individual player typically carries their own license uh, for the game and or the institution carries the a license for the game and so you log in through those licenses so john, john jonathan as you were growing up what was what was your best game that you were, were good at uh all the way up until out of high school i've played call of duty throughout so much of my life and that's actually one of the five programs we have here as like our varsity level that's who competes nationally we have rocket league we have rainbow six we have overwatch league of legends and call of duty so no, These games. No Pong? No, no Pong. <laughs> That's but, the one that I started out on back in 1800. And I I sat there and played that all the way up until getting out of high school. And now I got into Rocket League closer to the end of that. And then 
went to college and found a team. Will, will there be any more formats that you guys will uh, will will add potentially later on? Possibly in the fall, we are, are considering adding a, a title by the name of Valorant uh, in the fall. But we just play it by ear. Usually, we go based on student interest uh, and uh, student outreach uh, as to what uh, what we'll do. We we actually had a sixth game when we initially uh, initially launched. But the the groundswell didn't materialize, and so we dropped we dropped it. So the, so the program at Southern Miss is in what third year? You said something. Uh, no, we're Not actually even. we're actually only about eighteen months old. Oh uh, wow! Okay, yeah. so you're just just getting started. Just getting started. And and I want I have to ask you, Doctor Denny Berberg, you had to sell this to the entire university administration. We All sell right. this to anybody that will listen. <laughs> but I mean, did did honestly did did you get laughed at when you when you said to the upper brass at Southern Miss we need to implement esports? Oh, we did get laughed at. Uh, everybody was very receptive, but I mean, of course, you have to prove uh, that you will be a value add uh, to to the institution. And with some of the things that we're seeing from our peers around the country, it, it was very easy to prove. Uh, at, at that point amazing yeah, amazing and especially for me because i just it's just i have officially become my dad you know this esports now at the varsity level at southern miss and the two teams again that did really well and uh, to make it to postseason were uh overwatch and rocket league okay now and there were five members on which team uh over, overwatch is a 5v5 game mode so it's five people it's a first person shooter style kind of like call of duty and oh yeah, first person shooter. <laughs> and the other one was how many? Uh, three v three, and it's just soccer with cars. Okay, and and are there, are there overlaps? I mean, do there are there like you play on several different teams, or you know, separate members for separate teams? There is that possibility, but we try and discourage that. I mean, because they are there to get their degree, uh, and they are there to achieve academically and get get on. So we want them to try and fo- we want them to focus on that, but still be able to play. Well, we salute the eSport teams at Southern Miss making headlines at the national level. So don't say that the Eagles don't compete at the national level because the eSports teams do. Thank you, Dr. Denny Bubrig and Jonathan Haig for being our guests. And anytime the eSports teams are rocking, we want to know about it. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks again. We'll take a commercial break and wrap up the Eagle Hour after we burn this time out. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg can speak for it myself. Excellent facilities, and it is the genuine, authentic home of the Luke Johnson 5-2-40. DBAT and D1 Training located in Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss and Louisiana, or Southeastern Louisiana, the only game in Conference USA uh, last night. The Eagles drop a 5-3 uh, decision. Middle Tennessee coming in this weekend. Raiders are 21-21-1 overall, 10-13-1 and and in Conference USA. If you look at uh, the lineups for the weekend, the pitching rotations, Middle Tennessee is going to throw two lefties, one tomorrow, Trent Seibert, 
And then on uh, Sunday, Peyton Wigington, two right-handers in the middle for the Saturday doubleheader. We'll talk more about Middle Tennessee uh, tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Luke and Kelly and Brandon from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and uh, beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, Kelly, interesting. Um, Albert Pujols, who... Growing up, man, you're just one of those guys. He, he just turned 41, but one of the sensational sluggers all time in uh, in Major League history. He is sits right now currently fifth all time in home runs with a 667 past Willie Mays right at the end of of the regular season all all time 667 home runs, a career batting average of 298. Obviously, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He will be designated for assignment today. And it's you know it's just kind of one of those days where you don't know if somebody's going to pick him up if somebody will pick him up you know kind of DH to make a run. Uh, he's only hitting like 192 this year, but it's always a day like this. I guess it's a day me for the pulled hamstring like oh wow mortality ah oh, I'm getting old. But you know when when a guy that you've kind of watched your entire life play baseball and uh, he's about to retire, it just you know as a sports fan it's kind of uh, it's kind of moving in some sense to watch these guys go and uh, go. In, into the horizon with the sunset. And I think the reason that it is moving is because we do come to grips with our own mortality, that nobody's getting out of here alive. And Major League Baseball is learning that 10-year contracts don't work. They might work the first two or three years, but when you have to pay huge amounts of money to a 41-year-old guy who, by Major League standards, is not performing for very well, it, it's not good for anybody. Um, you know, Miguel Cabrera with the Tigers is, you know, toward the end of, of his 10-year contract, but they've been paying him gazillions of dollars to underperform. It's just, unfortunately, it's what have you done for me lately? And, um, you know, we joked about the old gray mare just ain't what it used to be, but it doesn't matter. You know, as you get older, you just, you can't do the things that the younger guys are doing and things have to come to an end. But I, but Luke, feel, feel good in the sense that Pujols will never have to worry about where his next meal comes from. I think he's done. He's he's done <laughs> wow, pretty well. And, and I want to know if D one is going to actually hang that sign up, home of the Luke Johnson five two forty. Is that going to bring them extra business? Oh, I'm, probably. I'm sure. I'm sure Catherine Maloney will throw me a bone. Well, the, the, we, we can work that. And there's always e gaming for you, Luke. There's always esports. Yeah, there's, there's always there. We have to work the thumbs out and stretch. And <laughs> right. there actually is surfing surfacing on the black web right now. It's it's going to be released later today. There's actually a hype video, firsthand ground zero footage of uh, that that forty yesterday. It's been doctored by by Brandon some Kelly Center with the soundtrack background. Bob Getty providing uh, some some uh, clutter and laughter. Uh, towards the end, but the laser don't lie. Okay, so what we should have done to celebrate yesterday, and this was this would have been my one question for the e gamers as I was listening. We should have got up and started singing Southern Mississippi to the top. So my my question is, when they beat the other team in Overwatch or Rocket League, do they stand up like on their leather chair? throw their Xbox remote and start singing to the top, to the top. So lift your voices high, show them the reason why the Southern Spirit never stops. Fight, fight. I just wonder if they do that because that would take e-gaming to a whole nother level. Actually, Luke, I know the answer to that. They don't sing it. They text it. (laughs) (laughs) Snapchat it. Yes. It's on their... their, uh, 
uh, tele, tele Insta, whatever, what, uh, Insta, Instagram, and, yeah, stories. yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, or, or my, away, my face or whatever it is. High. Oh, my space has been. And outdated. We will fight, fight, fight to victory. No, but it's, hear it's, our it's, battle cry. Yeah, it's just, my face. Like, no, my smash Facebook. Oh, Facebook or controller or, or, yeah. or my. MySpace, okay, right. Facegram, <laughs> Instachat, oh. yeah, all that. That's what it is. All that. So you know, my my grandfather thought of Facebook was a family photo album. Um, <laughs> anyway, we won't whine about about social Luke, media. What, yeah. what people so, what people will really appreciate about your video uh, at at D one yesterday is that Luke is a big man. He's a big boy, a big old boy, as they say, and for him to be able to carry that. As fast as he did across the line, it really is impressive. Paying the price today, but well done, young fella. Gonna go home, and uh, I think Lauren's got some uh, frozen peas or carrots or green beans or something, and I'm gonna prop it under the old hamstring. And you know what? I may get on YouTube and watch the 2003 TCU game or the Cal game. Oh, he's when living. I probably ran faster than a five-two. I couldn't catch the he's dude. But living in the yeah, past. go relive the glory days this afternoon. Living yeah. in the past. Well, uh, we. Great, great show today. Hey, we're going to be live at Ramey Motors tomorrow in Purvis. Bob will be back. Kelly and I will be down there. Come see us if you're in the neighborhood. Buy something awesome at Ramey Motors. Appreciate everybody joining us today. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.